0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Low one two pitch. Ball line to the
1: out. It's short. He throws. It's over. The Brewers have won.
0: In the air. Yount, makes a great catch, and Juan de Amos has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history. Swings, and here it is. A face hit in the right center. He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive to the left field. This is him well. Morgan a smash up the middle, base hit to center. Here comes Gomez. Around third, a throw and the Brewers win. The Brewers are moving on.
2: On a base hit by Niger Morgan. Here it is. Yelich sends one to
0: right center indeed. Get up, get up, get out of here and
1: go for Yelich. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder i me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast, Adam, if a if the genie from Aladdin came to us Monday morning before this series between the Milwaukee Brewers and the St. Louis Cardinals and said, uh, "Cruising for a bruising hosts, how you doing?" So you've got some coffee there. Andrew, you're in the East coast times. I'm Adam. You're in Europe. That's water. That is makes this, a lot of sense.
2: Just, just so, just so I'm on kind of on track with this. When you say the genie from Aladdin, is this Robin Williams or is this Will Smith?
1: Uh, this is Robin Williams. RIP. Okay. Okay. Neither of us are getting slapped in this scenario. Um, And he says, I I've seen into the future. The St. Louis Cardinals and the Milwaukee Brewers are going to split this two game series. We would have said, yeah, that makes a lot of sense and then he says but guess which games each team's gonna win and we would not have believed what he told us next uh sleep deprived dumb-brained scenario aside how are you doing today adam apologies for that
2: i'm used to just being left kind of speechless at the start of every one of these podcasts now i feel like you've backed yourself into a corner maybe that's it you're trying to you're trying to find the in every time. It's a lot of work and a lot of moving pieces. I don't know. Should we be as surprised by this? Because it just seems very Brewers. Um, <laughs> you know, winning the games you shouldn't win, losing the games you shouldn't lose has kind of been the MO of this team for a while. And although against the Cardinals, there is not going to be a, oh, well, that's that's an easy game. Lock that one up. Um, Yeah surprising on paper that it plays out the way it did here, but also this is the brewers and this is what they do.
1: They are here to confuse us, to confound us, to frustrate us, to bring us joy. Uh I got to say, Adam, as we, as we come down to the, the final stretch, looking to stay in the wild card race, take it down to the final week of the season, really make a push. I think we're going to get to a point where I find myself with some some graduation goggles and come November, I'm going to be really annoyed that I'm not annoyed on a Tuesday night. Um, But for now, you know, we'll keep our our blinders on and focus on what's ahead of us. And that was a two game series against the St. Louis Cardinals in St. Louis team that the Brewers are staring up at in the national league central, a team that it is almost certain at this point will win the national league central, a tough opponent. They've got, Uh, an MVP front runner. They've got a guy in the MVP conversation, a team that's always just so irritating to play. And going into this series, we knew that one of these games, the opening game on Tuesday was going to be a bullpen game because of the injuries the Brewers have had uh, to the pitching staff, Eric Lauer on the IL, Freddie Peralta on the IL things, Aaron Ashby on the IL things are just not great right now in terms of starting pitching depth. So the Brewers were forced into this move. Getting the start uh, for the Brewers was Matt Bush um, as the opener in this game. I really liked the move on paper. You have uh, Donovan and Edmund uh, as I think Edmund's a switch hitter and Donovan's a left-handed hitter to start in the lineup. But I liked the idea of having your power pitcher to get Goldschmidt in that third spot and then face potentially Nolan Arenado for another out I suggested in the second inning. If he were to go one, two, three, instead, things would go awry very quickly. Uh, Obviously the Brewers started this game with the lead. I should say Willie Adamas double um, scores. Mike Brasso in the first Brasso reached on an error by the uh, right fielder, Lars Newpar that allowed him to reach, reach third. McCutcheon doubles as well to make it two, nothing Brewers after one. And then Matt Bush on only records one out allows a hit and a walk and then would leave with, Groin discomfort. Uh, it's been said that he's had his uh, doctor's appointment in Milwaukee, and it's not expected to lead to an IL stint. So, with the day off today on Thursday, it will be interesting to see if he is available Friday for Game One against the Yankees. But never good in a bullpen game when the first guy you bring to the mound has to exit after recording one out and facing uh, just a pair of batters. Peter Stras Lucky um, would uh come in to replace Bush after the injury. Uh, a Nolan Arenado double and a Albert Pujols single makes it 3-2 Cardinals after the first inning. Rough start to this from a pitcher workload management standpoint, Adam.
2: For sure. No I.L. stint expected, but also, I don't know, Andrew, if you've ever in sporting activity like this kind of, done something to pull or tweak your groin i can't imagine pitching and particularly with the velocity he pitches on a mound within the next few days like i don't it's not just going to miraculously be perfect um and given the need they have for guys i could see if he's if he's pushed out there yeah pretty quickly wouldn't be shocked if that doesn't end well um whether kind of further agitating the injury or giving up some runs. um, Not ideal for this game, but look, the saving grace, I think to be happy with, and the thing that the game ends up with a positive outcome. Again, I'm going to put it in part two of this. We talked about it on the last pod. We talked about it with a different group of guys because the left-handed starter in Montgomery for the Cardinals pushes Rowdy way down the order, makes Craig Council mix things up quite a bit. Sentiment still stands though. If the Brewers can just come out in the first inning, jump on the opponent, and get something going, good things happen. And you got a little bit of luck, more than a little bit of luck, in Mike Brasso coming out with a with a triple to open the game. And you managed to cash in from there. That's something that I'm going to continue to monitor. It's something that there's obviously an element of easier said than done, but I feel like more than most other teams all season long, we've watched the Brewers not get started in the first inning of the game puts them behind the eight ball you're waiting till third fourth inning for any sign of life on offense and the difference it makes i think the boost it gives the confidence to just get something going to get guys on base and to get an early run or two in uh is pretty transformative for this team and it also in a time where you're you're stretched in terms of your pitching particularly on a bullpen day um and after the disastrous first inning in terms of finding yourself going through two pitchers who honestly there's a scenario where maybe the Brewers are like we're getting four innings out of those two guys combined or we're getting at least like maybe three to come up with some offense takes a lot of pressure off the rest of your pitchers because very easily if the Brewers do what they normally do Matt Bush leaves guys in position that when Strzecki inherits, he doesn't really do a whole lot about it, and you're behind, if the Brews were behind through the first inning, down two pitchers on a bullpen day, I don't know if they come back from that at all. So to flip it to the positive, based on the question you asked me, I was, again, very encouraged by getting the offense going right from the first inning, right from the opening batter.
1: And then it rolled in after rolled on, excuse me. After uh, going behind after the first inning, Willie Adamas again in the second singles home Victor Caratini, then an RBI ground out from Christian Yelich makes it four to three Brewers. Uh, Luis Perdomo would enter this game after Bush and Tresleffy kind of patched together that first inning. Perdomo, if you'll remember, uh, was a large part of Milwaukee's worst win- loss of the season, blowing a six-one lead in the eighth inning against the Colorado Rockies. And instead of just letting that be something that would ruin the rest of his season, Luis Perdomo has really locked in and specifically on Tuesday night, gave them three really important innings. Would allow a run in his first inning of work in the second on a Tommy Edmonds single that would tie the game four, four, but overall Perdomo bridged the gap between the tough start on the mound due to the injury uh, three innings pitch, three hits, just the one run and a strikeout. Just essential work from Perdomo there to allow the Brewers to stay in the game. And they would get themselves back in front in the, the fifth inning with an Andrew McCutcheon homer to make it 6-4 to four with Hunter Renfro on base. Christian Yelich up in the sixth inning would be hit by a pitch with the bases loaded. That scores Tyrone Taylor in the eighth. Hunter Renfro stretches out the lead to 8-4 with a single to center field. Uh, The rest of the bullpen after Perdomo would come in and provide scoreless work. Brad Boxberger goes an inning, throws only nine pitches, records a strikeout. Hobie Milner comes in, throws an inning and a third. Uh, No hits, no walks, one strikeout. Justin Topa comes in, records two outs. uh, No strikeouts, one walk, but no hits, no runs allowed. Taylor Rogers throws a scoreless inning with a strikeout, and then Brent Suter closes things down with a nine pitch, no hit, no walk, no run ninth inning and the Brewers outlast the Cardinals on a bullpen day that seemed to start uh, in a very precarious spot. But to your point, getting the offense going and at least providing that buffer zone so that when things did go awry with Bush's injury, it didn't sink them. And then getting just that bridge relief work from Perdomo to keep things in check and make sure that every reliever didn't have to get overworked this game. And then everyone else, the next man up mentality stretch in the middle of this game that just started piling up the zeros uh, a really great team win um, great day from Willie Adamas who reached base four times had the uh, two RBI the uh, Andrew McCutcheon double and Homer both were run producing on a run for a nice day Louisa Rios uh, reached base three times a double and two singles had a couple of base running miscues at third base trying to run home on contact whether or not that's an organizational mandate or if Arias was reading the ground balls who's to say uh but overall just a great team win in a game that we probably figured that they would lose and especially to do it against the left-handed starting pitcher who the Brewers have Brewers have struggled against lefties all year Montgomery one of the better trade deadline acquisitions in baseball has been excellent since coming over to St. Louis uh from the Yankees for Harrison Bader and uh they Caught the break early with the uh, error by Newt Bar, but then they continued to pile on and, and make it a tough day for Montgomery. Overall for him, five innings pitch, eight – uh, nope, that's Wayne, right? Uh Five innings pitch, seven hits, six runs, four of them were earned, one walk, six strikeouts, uh, and the home run allowed to McCutcheon. Uh, you know, uh, sorry, guys. Uh, sometimes when you're navigating multiple box scores, it can get tough. But 8-4 Brewers win, and uh, just gutting out a win – in a bullpen day. You love to see it.
2: Outstanding work for the bullpen. Across your final eight innings of the game, allowing just three hits, one walk, one run, is beyond, I think, any team's reasonable expectations um, for their bullpen in a game like this one. So to do that under the circumstances is impressive in its own right, but to do it against the Cardinals, a very good team, much to our chagrin, uh, is even better. And, much like we've been talking a lot recently about just there's certain things that bruges have to go and do. You've got to get certain games. At least on this occasion, they did that. They went, they got the game that they had to get. Um, Not so much that that's how we were viewing it coming into this game, but more the opportunity presents itself to win. You've got to close it out. And that is, I think, part of the thing that we'll probably have to adjust to over the next couple of weeks. And it, it gets tougher and kind of the previewing of series when we get to that point too. It's not about labeling games ahead of time as this is a must win, this is a must win. It's that every time the Brewers give themselves even a sniff at a win, they've got to take it. You've just got to convert every opportunity and ultimately that's all you can do and see where that takes you. They didn't quite do that in game two though because although the scoreboard doesn't suggest that the opportunities were there, as you'll talk about now, the Brewers, uh, they, they didn't have a problem getting runners in scoring position, getting runners on base.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Yes, uh, Wednesday night's finale for this for this two-game series. Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina setting an MLB record with their 325th start together as pitcher and catcher. Just like how many times have Brewers fans had to watch these guys just beat their team? It's like it's this can this be the last year of this? Can, can this we? Be the,
2: I, can I check in on this? So, I just I need an update on the Cardinals' olds. I'm right in saying, uh, this is the final season for Albert Pujols, right?
1: Uh, I think it was supposed to be in theory, oh, but with the way he's hit, I mean. Whether it's with the Cardinals or if someone else wants to say, "Hey, come and hit homers against the lefties next year," like he looks like he could still do it. I just, thought he just said just he was retired. God. I think that was the idea. The it was supposed to be the retirement tour with the Cardinals, and then suddenly he, he remembered how to hit.
2: I believe this is also going to be the final season for Yadier Molina.
1: Um, he's got a five four three OPS and looks looks like he has to labor to do anything. He hit probably the softest ground ball I've ever seen in my entire life yesterday.
2: He also, I mean, he kind of beat the Brewers too. He came up with a really big hit. Um, he had a nice, I can't remember who it was, he threw out at second. Can't uh, remember Colton this. Wong. Colton. Not not the slowest brewer by any means either, so yeah, you actually had a really good game to mark the occasion too, and Wayne uh, Wainwright, I believe, is not planning on retiring, so there's at least another season of him. I part of this, because the old guys being good against the Brewers is painful, but I was like, you know what? maybe we need to feel a little bit more optimistic about all things Brewers going into next season because maybe the Cardinals are just gonna lose all of these old guys who just take nothing but the greatest joy in breaking Brewer hearts. And all of a sudden the NL central is stacked towards the Brewers again. Uh But maybe I'm wrong. And maybe, maybe they'll all decide. No, let's keep going and beating the Brewers.
1: The old guys and the MVPs and then the
2: random young players. The MVPs, just... We can't do anything about that kind of, yeah. but uh, that is, and um, when we talked with the Cardinals, like, Sure, that's one thing. It would be really nice to have MVP candidates on your team. It's not what breaks your back, though. What breaks your back is the consistency they have down the line and the depth beyond that. And we've talked about it before. And it's coming from older guys who should not still be able to do this. So if they could at least go, I think it gets more manageable to be like, yeah, sure, MVP candidate. But... Lower down in the order, there's not as much to worry about. I think that's that's part of what the Cardinals have going for them this season. That, from our perspective, watching the Brewers, I think like you can only but be very jealous of.
1: Uh, this was the game of runners left on base against Wainwright, he was there for the taking in a way that he hasn't been in other starts against the Brewers. Uh, things in the first got started off. In a very nice way. Yellit strikes out, but an infield single for Adamas, a single for Rowdy Telez. Then Renfro strikes out. Colton Wong walks to load the bases. Uh, McCutcheon grounds out back towards Wainwright. Uh, Corbin Burns on the mound for the Cardinals strikes out the side or strikes out two in the first, gets Goldschmidt to ground out. And then once again, the Brewers would get runners on base, cash in, but not quite enough. Peterson singles, Narvaez singles, sack fly from Tyrone Taylor. Uh, Yelich singles, Adamas fly out, rowdy ground out. Runners on, were on base early and often in this game. The Brewers go 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. 12 men left on base, only the one run on the Tyrone Taylor sack fly. In the second, Nolan Arenado homers off of Burns to make it 1-1. and Molina, the aforementioned single to make it 2-1. In the fifth, Lars Nukbar corrects his error from game one by homering to center field. And then in the eighth inning, after some soft contact, uh, put Brad Boxberger in a really tough situation. A pull host double scores Tyler O'Neal 4-1 at that point. And at a certain point, the the runners were not getting on <laughs> with the same amount of frequency. Wayne Wright. Scatters 10 base runners across uh, five innings, five innings pitch, eight hits, just the one run, two walks, three strikeouts. Uh, Great relief work from Pallant, Jordan Hicks, uh, Giovanni Gallegos, and Ryan Helsley uh, shuts the Brewers down. And I mean, in a game where you get 10 hits and reach via the walk four times and you can only muster one run. Yeah, just not coming up with the key hit and the situations where it's required and kind of not waste a Corbin Burns gym, as we would say in normal circumstances, but Burns did provide some much needed bulk work for the Brewers after the bullpen game, seven innings, seven hits, three runs. They were all earned a walk, five strikeouts. The two homers were tough, Uh, not his finest work, but um, still a, A good effort against a good team that kept the Brewers in the game, especially with the way that they were just filling the base path, but they just could not get a big hit.
2: A lot of soft contact, finding the gaps, and just a combination of no hard hits and also no really timely hits. Uh, That's maybe the disappointing part. They were getting enough runners on to just, you just keep doing that and you time it well and this game takes care of itself. But everything seemed to dry up at the most inopportune times. And yeah, a game where overall they didn't play that bad. We have certainly seen worse, more lifeless showings from the Brewers. But this is certainly one which is frustrating, particularly with where we're at in the standings on a night where there was another opportunity to gain ground and to really start closing this gap and applying the pressure, it passes the Brewers by uh, as they lose the Corbin Burns start.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else more there is to say at at this point. uh, Like you said, it's going into games. It's not, this is the game like this is a must win and you put that pressure on you from the start it's true but it's not the way it necessarily works psychologically but when you're sitting there with opportunities to score runs early I mean it's those that first and second inning really are tough when you look at how successful games have gone for this team when they do get that second or third run across early in the game and cash in on the situations We talked about last series, just like Yellish Willie Rowdy when they're just creating that just uh, conveyor belt of, of run scoring and run scoring opportunities. It really sets the Brewers up for success. And that just – it wasn't happening uh, in this game against the Cardinals. And obviously, once you get deep into the, their bullpen, they've got some really good guys that – Are tough to get hit off of Ryan Helsley Gallegos, both could be closers on other teams. Jordan Hicks has not had quite as successful a year as the, uh, the movement and velocity on his stuff, which suggests he should, but still a tough guy to really string anything against. They did require him to throw 25 pitches. So got them a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, that was just kind of that. Trevor Kelly recorded an out to get out of that uh, eighth inning. Shout out Rohan. Shout out Rohan. <laughs> we want to make sure he's still listening. Uh, and uh, he was just so quick into that discord to shout out his, his buddy he got
2: like alerts of some sort set up Trevor Kelly alerts. I'm amazed he hasn't set up like a Trevor Kelly updates, Twitter accounts. Uh,
1: I think he should, he, he can, he'd get lost in the shuffle of all uh, the golf, the golf tracking accounts uh i see come across my timeline but if we could have rohan just running some uh some brewers tracker accounts i would i would really enjoy that and be amused <laughs> by that
2: um, i just took took a quick look here because i was just thinking what would it be like if the brewers were a team that just night in and night out they delivered five runs, you know not nothing too gaudy but if they just could consistently be like yeah sure we're good for five runs i just had a quick scan of the second half of the schedule so far Um, they would have won eight more games. They've lost eight games in the second half where their opponent didn't manage to score five runs. And they have also lost four games where the opponent managed to score five runs. Like that is, it's not news to us. It's not just a this season issue really with this iteration of the Brewers. But again, that shows where there is a focus on the pitching. And even if the pitching hasn't been up to the standard we've liked lately, There are plenty of occasions where the pitching know, does what it needs to do for a pretty modest offensive performance to deliver you a win. And that kind of modest offensive performance is not being delivered by the Brewers.
1: But uh, we still did give out some Master Brewer points for this series before we move on to look at the standings and look at the schedule. We'll hand out some of those. Um, So, excuse me. The voice is going Adam. Uh, Willie Adamas, three for seven, three walks, a double, a run, two RBI. Good series for him. Uh, Luis Arias, three for five with a double in that first game. Played some really good third base and second base in that game, hopping around the diamond. Andrew McCutcheon did a lot of the run production in game one, two for nine, a double, a homer, a run, three RBI. Luis Perdomo, as we mentioned, those valuable three innings in the middle of that bullpen game to uh, keep the Brewers in the game. And set the rest of the bullpen up for success. Corbin Burns seven hits or seven innings, excuse me, seven hits. One wow, seven innings, hits five. from
2: Corbin. That would that would be really fun. Uh,
1: that that would be incredible. Bring him uh back into the lineup. Bring Woody more importantly back into the lineup. Maybe c- can some uh, provide some thump. Uh, Hobie Milner one and one third innings pitch, no runs, no hits, one strikeout. Probably could have gone a few more outs. Hobie looked uh, ready to go in that game. Yeah, and that. Uh, that brings us to the update for the board for the season. 143 games played. We've got 19 left. Roddy Feles still leads the way with 22. Kristen Yelich at 18. Corbin Burns at 17. Willie Adamas with 15. Andrew McCutcheon with 12. Brandon Woodruff, 11. Jace Peterson and Hunter Renfro at 10. Luis Rias joins Tyrone Taylor and Devin Williams with 9. Colton Wong at 8. Keston Hura and Josh Hader with 7. Hobie Milner, Freddie Peralta with 6. Aaron Ashby with 5. Victor Caratini, Jason Alexander with four, Adrian Hauser, Matt Bush, Taylor Rogers, Peter Shrezlecki, Brad Boxberger, Trevor God, Jonathan Davis with three, Brent Suter and Omar Narvaez with two, Garrett Mitchell, Yandel Gustave, Luke Barker, and now Luis Perdomo with one.
2: That's a, that's a four-beer lead for Rowdy with six series left. So it seemed this way for quite some time, but it really is in hand. Um, you'd expect another beer or two at minimum for Rowdy. Yelly might need some uh, two-beer performances, and the Brewers might need some two-beer performances for someone like Yelly. So let's see if we got some last-minute twists and turns in the Master Brewer leaderboard for the season. But with six series remaining, Rowdy Telez is in very good shape.
1: Yes, he is. I think uh, think Rowdy's got it wrapped up. I say that in hopes that it spurs just some magnificent offensive performances all the way down the lineup and we just have pure chaos heading into the uh will could Willie
2: could go two beers for most series on the way in and he could take it if he wants uh
1: i mean that would be a beautiful thing but uh that would uh mean meaning unlocking some consistency to go along with uh with the power but you know so far lately it's it seems like it's trending up getting getting that on-base percentage a little closer to the career norms uh I'm hoping that that lasts for the rest of the stretch run and then 2023 we're talking about a uh, return to complete form for Willie Adams looking at the standings NL Central just will say it because they played the cardinals eight games back uh the brewers are 76 and 67 the cardinals are 84 and 59 um the wild card is what we're looking at, and more specifically, it's a showdown against the San Diego Padres. The Philadelphia Phillies are 80-62. and 62. They Five straight two wins. Half, five straight wins, two and a half games up on the Padres and four and a half games up on the Brewers. The Brewers are two games back of the 78-65 and 65 Padres. So basically, with 19 games left in the standings, this at at this point, it's pretty simple. The way I'm looking at it and the way you should be looking at it unless we see some... And uh, that being said, the Phillies do have a tough stretch where they play the Braves a lot. So who knows? But the Brewers need to be looking at this. They need to outplay the San Diego Padres by three games over the course of the next 19. And that'll get them in the playoffs. And if not, they won't be in the playoffs.
2: Four against the Diamondbacks up next for the for the, the San Diego dads. So my uh my Diamondbacks are gonna they're gonna come with I the labor, Andrew.
1: They might because they don't have to play the Dodgers anymore. And I think that'll be a welcome. Uh, change for them. The Dodgers have clinched the NL West. I just want to point that out. They did it with like 21 games left in the in the in the schedule. I think. Uh, they're 98 and 44. What a time it would be to support a team that wins that many baseball games. Um, it doesn't seem real. It doesn't seem possible. Uh, that i uh,
2: I do have one question here. So. After the Diamondbacks the Padres have 3 against the Cardinals. Are the Cardinals just going to roll over and die to, you know?
1: That to would just be just pile on the
2: misery for the Brewers. All those old be guys be like, terrible. "Oh, I feel old."
1: 3 against uh I need a sweep from the Cards honestly. <laughs> like it's got it's gotten to that point. Let's say the Padres go into go into Phoenix, take two of of four, three of four. I need a sweep from the cards because then they're going to go in and sweep the Rockies. And then they play the Dodgers with nothing to play for and the White Sox who I believe, let's see here. Yeah, the White Sox probably by that point will still be on the cusp of a a playoff race in the AL Central. So I don't know. There's a mix of teams with nothing to play for really, Uh, the scrappy Diamondbacks, and then... I don't know. It's just getting to the point where the task is not impossible, but they've left they've left themselves great, a looking... little too much. When you're relying on others, it's it's where it becomes not great. And also I will preface that look ahead deep into the schedule by saying the Brewers continue to have a tough stretch of games coming up. Friday night. Uh, after an off day, 7-10 central start, the New York Yankees come to town. Jason Alexander versus Frankie Montas. <laughs> uh, and then on Saturday, 6-10 central start, Adrian Hauser versus Jameson Tyon. Uh, Sunday, 1-10 uh, central start, Brandon Woodruff
2: against Garrett Cole.
1: Then three with the Mets.
2: Uh, yeah. That's, that's Just so you know, Jason Alexander is already slotted in by ESPN to pitch in both of those series, which just feels not ideal. Um, I think Aaron Judge is, like, quaking in his boots, the prospect of Jason Alexander.
1: Uh I look forward to Aaron Judge going 0-for-2 against Jason Alexander and not hitting a homer, which he seems to do every couple at-bats lately. He's chasing down the 60s. I think, what is he at, He's 57 right now?
2: Yeah, um, I, the Brewers were actually, I saw as some people had noted, uh, essentially promoting the opposing team just as much as the home team uh, coming into this series of, you know, being in the building to watch Aaron Judge make history was some element of the promotion, it felt like.
1: That's very, very Charlotte Hornets mini, mini pack of them. That's uh, what I'm used to from back in the Bobcats days. It's like, oh, Kobe's coming to town. Don't you want? Uh, tickets to this game you know it wasn't come watch Emeka Okafor it was come watch Kobe come watch LeBron uh but this is baseball and the Brewers can beat good teams so we'll see what happens but really tough stretch ahead but like I said now it's just about uh enjoying the baseball we have left to watch as stressful and as frustrating as it might get because we are reaching the business end of this season and uh who knows what will happen? We'll be having a podcast here on Thursday, October sixth. If they're not in the playoffs, and then we'll just be staring at each other like, uh, or I guess staring ahead, like at the end of the graduate, just figuring out where we go from here.
2: I'm not encouraged, honestly. I'm not looking at that Padre schedule. Is not all that encouraging when you've got three against the Yankees, three against the Mets on deck. You've got two more against the Cardinals for all that the Marlins are four against them probably means you're going to, you're going to find yourself up against Sandy Alcantara. Then three against those fearsome diamondbacks to, to close out the season. Brewers are just going to really have to find something that the signs of it just are not there right now. Um, They have been doing a better job of finding ways to win, but Alexander Hauser is, it's not, The two pitchers that ideally I would have liked to lead this team into a series against the Yankees when the season is very close to on the line. And both those guys have it in them and have had good outings this season. But the Brewers need that now. Anything else? And this is going to be very close. It's because the tiebreaker is the other thing that I mean, we just can't afford to forget. It's two games, but that tiebreaker is. There's a real chance that's what's going to come back to haunt the Brewers here in this race. Like, it it could be that close. But, yeah, first of all, going to have to hold your own across this six-game stretch against the New York teams. I mean, minimum, you've probably got to split, like go 500, and that's not enough, likely still. I
1: think think you got to go 4-6 and against these teams. 4-2. Oh, four and two. Yes. Four out of six, excuse me. Uh, If they went four and six in six games, that would be pretty impressive because we would have break broken the space time continuum. Uh, Adam, uh, you know, we need snake timber to continue in Phoenix. We need that to just really have a renaissance. And uh, I think, uh, I think we set a, uh, a barometer for the rest of the season uh, it can only be Craig Timber if the Brewers are a full game ahead of the San Diego Padres. Then we are able to say that the Craig Timber virus has infected us all. I think that's fair. Um, but it starts with us. It starts with Jason Alexander absolutely shoving against the New York Yankees on a Friday night at AM Fam. So, uh, if I wasn't broke, Adam, I'd you know I'd hop a flight right now. <laughs>
2: Look, let's hope some things get sorted out. This team makes the playoffs, and you're you're taking in some playoff baseball. We can always see what happens,
1: and that would probably oh. be in St. Louis. So interesting times lay ahead.
2: All right, that pretty much does it for this one. Let's hope the Brewers give us something to cheer about against the Yankees. God, that would be a lot of fun. Not exactly expecting it but it'd be a great time to come back here with a sweet podcast next time brewers so if you could like look after us with that that would be really fantastic to so make sure you don't miss an episode subscribe wherever you get your podcast that's cruising for a bruising you should also check out the rest of the Eurostep podcast network shows packer season did not get off to the most auspicious of starts but look it's a new new week this week Start afresh. What better remedy for all that ails the Packers than the Chicago Bears? So Aaron Rodgers could maybe show that he does still, in fact, own the Bears. That would be very welcome. And if you want to hear all of that talked about, preview of the game. If you want to be around to hear the breakdown come Monday morning, talk of the tundra. That's the home for all things Green Bay Packers, hosted by our great friend, numak Eurostep Podcast Network feed. That's where you'll find the Eurostep with Ty and Rowan. Most recent episode. Looking back on Greece's Eurobasket campaign. Unfortunately, Yanis's bid for that particular piece of international silverware has come up short, but interesting tournament with a lot of takeaways. Ty and Rowan broke that down. If you haven't got around to it yet, still, it's there in the feed. Go check out on that main Eurostep Podcast Network feed. Most recent episode of Winning six. Jordan and I talk about the three books coaches who were enshrined in the Hall of Fame last weekend. And the episode gets kicked off with Jordan's fantastic audio essay on the only other coach outside of Mike Budenholzer to win a championship for the books, Ari Costello. And last but not least, myself and Andrew over on Make Time for This, our pop culture channel here on the Eurostep Podcast Network. Uh, we have uh, an episode which will drop on Friday talking about two Steven Spielberg classics, Jaws and E.T., their recent re-release to movie theaters and what it says that in the year 2022 movies are being saved or at least the attempt to help out theaters is coming from films released in the 70s and 80s. We talked through all of that and we talked about those two incredible classic films. So lots of stuff going on around the network, gspn.info It's your one-stop shop for everything. If you want to get on the Discord, you want to go subscribe to pods, review pods, buy merch, whatever it might be, you'll find that there. Of course, gspn.substack.com. That's where you can sign up to get all of our Substack posts directly to your inbox. And if you're a listener to this podcast in particular, you'll want to do that because you get the Master Brewer Leaderboard updates and Andrew's write-ups on the players' awarded points after every episode. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew.
1: Thanks, Adam.